oh god I can't do that you know like, I'm fat compared to that you know like oh my god I can't be in a bikini like look at them but it kind of got to the point I actually remember I was in, in um on holiday with one of my friends uh, like a year after I moved back to London she's very skinny and like we've gone to school together and she's just always she's just tiny um like straight up and down great and I was like oh god I'm going on holiday with her like gonna feel so big you know like just almost joking to my friends and they were like what and I, I was just like yeah but I was like oh I'm just joking haha but like not really but really I'll be the giant <laughs> yeah. yeah and then I got on holiday and I remember the first day we went straight to the beach um we were like having some beers and like tanning and stuff and she, she was like oh I'll take a photo of you and she was like oh my god Emma like I'm always so jealous of your body I was just like huh <laughs> like you're jealous of my body like but you're skinny she was like yeah but like I'm just like I don't have like waist and a hip and it was more like not that obviously her body's bad but it was more like mm. oh my gosh someone who like in my head had just been like won the genetic lottery totally. was telling me that like they were really jealous of me and it was just like we are always just comparing ourselves that like no matter what you have you will want something else I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. My next guest is a woman who changed the gaze I had on my own body. Photographer, creative and self-described skinfluencer, Emma Horo joined me for an honest conversation about modern beauty ideals, transparency in the influencer market, naked self-portraits and more. Paris-born, Emma is an ex-beauty editor and self-taught photographer who curates her feed so dreamy I sometimes want to lick my phone screen. She's been publishing to her blog, Lolita Say So, for a decade. Here's my skin and everything crush, Emma and I, for Offline. I hate to do this, but I know people will do it with you a lot. My surname? Yeah. Yeah. Give it to me. Um, <laughs> it's Oaro, but no one can say that, so you can say Horo, it's fine. Horo. Or O Arrow. O Arrow. Like O, o Arrow. Like Ho Arrow. No, like O. You don't say the H, it's French, it's Oaro. But oh. obviously people say Horo. God, I wish so I could say Emma O Arrow. So think like O, like O, and then an arrow. O Arrow. O Arrow. It's, it's quite hard to say also, but it, that's the most real equivalent. You can say horror if you freak out or just ask me how to say it. Does that bother you or no? Not at all. Yeah. It's just like so many vowels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although someone this morning told me that, 
So my email address is, one of them is like E and then my surname. And she was like, oh, that's so nice. In Maori, um, Ihoa, which is like the person, it means like friend. I was like, I didn't know that. So Thanks. cool. <laughs> I just, I hadn't wanted to ask actually, but because I hadn't heard you say it anywhere. No. I was like i got to get that right. It's just, yeah, I don't mind at all. It's yeah. so like, and as well, people don't want to say whore. And so it makes people even more nervous because they're like Emma and they're like, I can't say whore. Because it's like, you know what I mean? It's like the first bit's like made me offensive. <laughs> totally. What's well, exactly high what was on my mind. It, or like, hero or hero or hooray or hurrah or Oreo. <laughs> Never ending options. Oreo. Yeah. How often do you speak French um, in your day-to-day life? Not daily. Mm. I grew up in Paris, so I talked French all the time. Mm. Um, over there, my dad's French, and I speak French to three of my sisters and some of my family. So when I speak to them, I speak French, but I don't in London. Me, my, my sister that lives in London, is we just speak in English because we both have an English mum. Mm. So, yeah, not much. So are you... Oldest, youngest? Youngest of five girls. Five girls? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Your mum, what a queen. Two, two mums. Two mums. Yeah. Oh, got it. So my dad's French Creole. Um, my older sisters have a Russian mum and me and my sister have an English mum. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. So your dad's got a lot of women around him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raising good girls. I wondered... Um, so as you were saying, you were born in Paris mm-hmm. and then you lived there, I was reading, until you were seven. Yeah. I've done my research. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I mean it like I've like intimately stalked you for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you moved to London where you went to school. So I, I moved to like uh, the countryside in England, so like Oxfordshire. Oh. Yeah. It's a posh. It's I mean, so I cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wondered what your memories are of Paris growing up. Um, I have really good memories of Do Paris. You? Yeah, I love because I can't remember there. anything before like ten. Mm, it's so weird, actually. I don't have a lot of childhood memories. I mean, mm. sometimes like I can remember holidays. We used to have um, a caravan down in Kayama. Oh yeah. So I can remember some of that, but I don't know how old I was when we started going there. But yeah, I don't. Little things like when I fell over and uh, when I broke my ankle when I was little, but not... So more like when something happened totally. rather than just generally. Yeah. I don't remember like our flats like before I was like three or four, um, but I just remember like, I just, when I think of it now, like my mind immediately goes to like the Tuileries Gardens, which are the like gardens in front of um, like the Louvre and we do all the art museums. Those my mum was an artist and she'd take oh, me wow. and my sister around. And that was just like what we did like at the weekends and then go and play like naked in the fountain in the sand pit. <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> All the good stuff. idyllic. What memories do you have of your mum? Was she a, is she a painter, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, of her painting. Yeah. Um, I just remember always like sketching, um, especially when we were younger. She did it a lot more then because um, she's a um, lecturer at Oxford Brookes University now. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, she'd just always have a pad and, like, wherever we were, that she'd be, like, sketching us or something or, you know, just, How like, a beautiful. quick thing. Yeah. Did that rub off on you? Um, 
Definitely. Like the, I mean, I ended up studying at University History of Art. So obviously there was something interesting about it for me. Um, yeah, I think so. It's just a, a kind of visual way of, of seeing mm. stuff. Maybe or I was like, oh, it's interesting she chose to draw that or, you know, mm. like understanding that kind of the, the way your mind can see things differently to other people, maybe. Totally. And yeah. I guess like in a weird way, is Instagram these days kind of like artistic expression, you know? I mean, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, your feed is like immaculate. <laughs> oh, thank you. Honestly, I want to talk about that. Hold on. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, the other question I had was what, if any, sort of French sensibilities have stayed with you mm. in your kind of adult life? Because um, I, I like to romanticise that. <laughs> I mean, look. I love pan au chocolat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nutella and baguettes, but other than the cliches like that. Um, I think, I mean, I do a lot of beauty content, so I think the way that I approach it certainly is maybe, I've been told anyway, and I don't think of it like that because it's just like how I feel. Um, but I, in a more kind of minimal makeup, more skin, that kind of idea and like a kind of lifestyle of it rather than like this whole other thing or something you need to spend hours doing maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess like, you know, we have, and I guess it's, we're Australians, so I think we do romanticise the French. And, you know, I remember when I was in publishing, particularly on Who, What, Where and Birdie, mm. our top performing content would be about French girls, French women, French hair, French, French skin, girl hair, French, French red All lips, of that so stuff. So yeah. I think we kind of like glamorise it and romanticise <laughs> it. I think everyone does though a bit, mm. but I think. But the, yeah, it's just like it's like there. It's such a nonchalance for all that kind of stuff that like that's why people are really into it because it's just like we don't, we don't think about it. You just like no one cares enough to like. You just are it. You, you yeah. just like put a red lipstick on, like just do it rather than like. Okay, so tonight mm. <laughs> we're going for this. Lip. Yeah, it's just like look. you have your red lipstick. Like I always remember, my mum had like her red lipstick. So like when she was going out, she'd pin her hair up and put a red lipstick on, and that was like I'm going out. I shouldn't wear any other makeup. And she's gorgeous. And it's I just mean, like, it's heaven, yeah. really. <laughs> I do think we try. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, but what do you think about um, Australian women having lived here before? Um, well, I remember when I moved, I was like, oh, everyone's going to be like so beachy and like <laughs> relaxed and like they just don't care. But oh, wow, they did. Not in a bad way, but I was really like, oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah. It's not, I just thought it was like, you know, this beach. Beach babe. People are beach babes, but they've thought about it and they've worked for the beach babe look. I couldn't <laughs> you know? agree more. I mean, as someone who lives in Bondi. <laughs> yeah. And a lot more um, fakeness mm. than I thought. Yes. Um, but I don't know if that's a more recent thing or like different areas of Australia, but like I feel like a lot of people here have like Botox and fillers and boobs yes. and all that, which I was like, oh, I thought it was like surfery and like no one cares and I have to say I mean there were both sides as well totally yeah but it has seemed that it's sort of raining lips and boobs in Sydney at the moment you know but everywhere it's just right it's become such a normal thing to do I think as well Mm. like now it's just like oh I'm where you going oh I just get my lips and you're like oh yeah okay it's not a like it's very normalized you know people are happy to share it which is great I think yeah than pretend they have then hide it yeah Mm. Mm. It's interesting your take on that. <laughs> um, 
I have a question for you that you may or may not want to discuss. We actually don't even brief you on this one. Okay. What is it? Well, I was listening in a podcast that you did this morning. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast this morning um, that you moved to Australia with your boyfriend. Yeah. But then you broke up. Yeah. Shortly after. Yeah. And I don't want to know the gory details about that, but I had wondered what that was like to be in a new country, I guess, moving, thinking you were going to be living and establishing a life with someone and then going it alone like that to me seems very scary yeah I'd never lived neither of us had ever lived like as a couple before okay um and it was like I don't know I didn't I don't know what I thought we just like left our jobs and it was like really romantic thing to do and it was like yeah let's just go live in the sun and and it was great um but yeah like actually living with someone for the first time living with them and for the first time living with anyone that's like in a relationship with you yes and not having like your friends so you can just be like hey let's grab coffee you're very reliant on each other so I think that for us was where it, it kind of like went wrong because it mm. was just like we needed each other to be like uh, everything yes um and then that kind of got a bit unbalanced as to who had other people to go see and yeah yeah that's where it <laughs> where the cracks began to show and what was it like sort of establishing a life on your own then um, after that it was it was hard yeah. but, but I think by that point I we broke up um I think five six months from being here mm-hmm. um and I was working at a cafe in Bondi yes um, cafe of Portrum Parlour oh yeah Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um and I'd had I had friends there so that was nice to kind of have like a bit of a kind of gang to work with you know that kind of it's a very social type of work because you're kind of talking to everyone all day as well um but it was the like hardest thing I've ever had to do but also the best like I don't think I'd be where I was if that had never happened like absolutely not wow just in terms of personal growth yeah and just like being like am I allowed to swear yeah yeah all I do is swear and cry that's all I say um (laughs) I just was just like fuck it like Mm. I'm just gonna try and do this like what can I lose like Mm. I don't know anyone here like I'm just gonna like go for it Mm. yeah it's kind of when we almost force ourselves into what's uncomfortable you know, it's painful briefly, I think. Well, not, sometimes not briefly, sometimes for a while. But then you do that look back thing. I've been doing that a lot lately. The best. I'm like, thank God. I went through that. Yeah, you know? I'm glad I've, it's finished. Yeah. <laughs> I did it and I got through it and like I learned so much from mm. it. Um, but yeah, it was hard, I'm sure. Hard, but it just... Like I said, it just made me have that kind of almost mentality of just like, whatever, like, mm. if I don't try this and like, it's not, I, I have to do what I can and not regret not doing something that I want to work yeah, being in, in a think. new country. Yeah. I've been um, studying Vedic meditation. Ooh. <laughs> um, becoming like a little poster girl for it. Now. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where once you love something, you tell everyone, you know, even when they don't ask yeah and my meditation teacher was telling me that it's only when someone gives you worthy inquiry that you should talk about it and I was like "Mm." (laughs) no (laughs) we'll see (laughs) um but there's a concept in um the Veda which is kind of I guess like Vedic philosophy that we should go where we're not and it's been really interesting living life and seeing life through that lens Mm -hmm. Because even if I think about leaving a big job last year, I just wouldn't have had the courage to do that. And not that I had been actually studying this then, 
I think I'd gotten to the point where I could no longer stay. So I kind of had to force myself out of it. But it's been, yes, interesting to, you know, as a 33-year-old woman, you think you're quite established in mm-hmm. who you are and what you're about and what you love and don't love and what you want to do with your life. And so staring at it through a fresh lens, yeah. and now it's a bit addictive where I'm like, well, where else aren't I that I could be, you know? So, um, and I wondered like, do you, how do you approach life now as I guess an influencer and a creator and mm. someone who is traveling perhaps more than most? It's not a risky life, but it's definitely like a bit of a life on the edge in a way, right? Uh, definitely, yeah. But I think for me, that's like the draw to it. Like I try to do the whole like I've never worked in an office wow. like as an actual job. Um, so I interned at magazines. I used to be a beauty editor when I finished university in London, but that was like freelance. So I've never had a like, I'm going here every day. Um, Were well, you definitely not missing anything? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> um, actually, well, I tried it once just before I left Australia, um, for Australia, sorry. Um, but I knew I was leaving, so it was like but two months. But for me, like, I'm very like, I know that like, my this sounds really hippie but like my energies change a lot and mm. like the energy I have so I, I can't I'm not like a worker bee like all I do is work now but I can't be told like when to work and so I love that like sometimes I work from six in the morning till midday sometimes I work start working at 10 p.m and like that for me is really nice because I don't it's not someone being like hey you have to do this now because I just be like no mm. <laughs> I could not relate more to that the freedom yeah has been the most surprising thing. Yeah. I thought I would flounder in the freedom, you know, mm. of just like, oh, well, what am I doing today? Yeah. And will I apply myself? And I think like, yeah, and when you're doing something you love. And the risk know. is the excitement. Like yes. otherwise you're just like, great, well, I'm going to do the same thing every day mm. and I don't really like it. And call it a fucking life. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Whereas like I'm like, okay, I'm going to pitch for that job. Like, oh, yeah, great, I got it, okay. Oh, mm. I didn't get that one or I'm going to, start shooting this and just all of that really like excites me and keeps me like very interested in it mm. rather than like the monogamy of the same thing. The I have time. to say when I think about spending seven years getting on a bus at the same time every day, I look back and I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. But we just, we just operate, don't we? I guess we just get into the like, well, yes, and I've spoken about this before, like I've got it, all the things, I've got the job, I've mm. got the title, and so this is what I do. Yeah. So it's so interesting now to reflect and think there's no way I could do that now. But you think, I think, that that will fulfil you to have like, yeah. I do this for them, and then you're like, oh. No, I'm going to build my own business, not yeah. someone else's. Bloody <laughs> yeah. hell. Um, that's why I left London call. in the beginning, to be honest. It was because um, we were like starting to feel, we were like 23 so like super young and it was just already London was just so everyone does that and the transport if you commute like it's 10 million other people it's just it was just like I just stepped back and was like I can't this can't be me already like if I have to end up doing Mm. this then I'm at least going to go live in the sun for a couple years yeah so how long were you in Australia (laughs) two years yeah did that go quick really quick yeah well yeah Mm. in retrospect it did Mm. and what um, why Why did you go home? I ran out of visas. Yes, the visa. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered if that <laughs> That old thing. Yeah. Would you have stayed if you could, do you I think, would, or were you ready? Um, I think I would have gone home for like six months to see if I really wanted to stay forever. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I was really upset they had to leave because I had I had to leave. It wasn't a choice mm. type of thing. So um, yeah. Has it been the nicest being back this time? Yeah, it's been lovely. Um, mm. I just also love that I can't live here, but I love that I can just come and I still have so many friends here and I can just stay with them. And it, it just, it's a nice place to visit because it's not like, okay, I need to go see this and do that. It's just like, I kind of know it pretty well. So yeah. And you can do all just the touristy things. Yeah. 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 Which is really nice. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk about your decision to jump in and work full time, I guess, as mm. a creator and a beauty blogger and a photographer um, versus stay in perhaps traditional women's publishing or pursue that path. What was the moment for you that you decided I'm going to give this a go? Because you were saying you had gotten home and started doing the apply for jobs thing. Back to London. Yeah. So I kind of started doing it here. I was interning at a magazine here for like six months as I was working in a cafe when I first um, arrived. Um, And then I did that for a bit. And then one day I just woke up and was like, I don't want to write anymore. I'm not, so many people do this so well and I like it, Mm. but it it takes a lot from me. So I loved always taking photos and I'd always dreamed of being a photographer. So I was just like, I'm I'm just going to tell everyone I'm a photographer and just see what happens. (laughs) Isn't that kind of amazing though? I know. We can really say we, genuinely, we want. (laughs) Because I mean, I wasn't, but then I still am not. So I am, you know what I mean? Yes. I didn't train in it, but I've always done it. I've always been very kind of visually obsessed. I love taking photos of everything. So I was just like, I'm just going to gonna try it. And then I started doing that. And I'd always had my blog um, since university. So it was probably about five years old then. Um, Which was early to blogging, I guess. Yeah, oh, nine. Yeah. Ten wow. years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. it's a decade Scary. this year. That's crazy. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, so I started, um, I just kind of, Put more time into blogging um and more time into photography like trying to expand my work and just kind of really learning as I went mm. um and then once I got back to London um I kept applying for jobs you know I was you know classic I don't know beauty editors all that kind of stuff I even did like a French translator one at Netaport. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> but it was just all felt wrong and it was just like not really working out in my favor and I was just like oh like what am I gonna do and my sister was just like, Emma, you're very good at being freelance. Like, you like that. She was like, I'm not. Like, I have to be paid the same amount every month. Like, that's really important to her. Like, that she knows what's happening with everything. Mm. Um, she was like, just try it. Like, you know, you'll be fine. If not, you can get another job. Like, it'll all work out. Um, so I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to stop applying at all just to, like, really focus myself rather than kind of half doing something mm. but also applying on something else um yeah and then I just kind of I, ha- I had good contacts um within the beauty industry from when I used to work in London just kind of started like seeing people going to events making contacts creating stuff but and it's incredible how quickly it can yeah build you know just through conversations and yeah Um, it's interesting you say like, you know, you're pushing that energy into applying for something and trying to get something that you don't really want. No. And it's like we just can't achieve anything else when we're just forcing ourselves down the path that... But also it wasn't working out for me. And and for me it was just like... Someone would hire me quickly if yes. Yeah, it... They, yeah. It's almost like people could sense it. Like I was just like, yeah, I'll be great at this, whatever. Yeah. Like, and they're like, mm, you don't sound nah. like you want to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like, well, again, that thing that we spoke about, like when I arrived here, it was just like, 
well, I might as well try. Yeah. You know, like give it a go. And thankfully it worked out. Yeah. So. And you're, um, you're self-taught as a photographer, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. Like looking at your imagery. Oh, thanks. Where do you go to learn or where have you gone to learn? Google or courses or? I'm so awful. I have like no time. I have to learn it if I need to do it. Mm. Um, so when I first started, um, I do quite a lot of interiors here. Okay. And people would be like, can you do interiors? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I had to go and like interiors. rent a couple lenses off someone up the road from me in Bondi and like to, to like shoot like a wide frame rather than like. Were you scared? Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was just like, quite like, if it's Take shit, it make it. don't pay me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll try it. And then like beauty ones, people would be like, oh, can you just like straighten out that lipstick? Like editing. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 cool. And then we're like, Google, like, how to straighten out something. So it was more like as and when, I think, for me. Because then I think if I learn loads of stuff, but I'm not actually doing it, I kind of, like, forget it almost. So it's like, because it's a very practical thing, that like, activity to do photography and editing. So for me to see it and do it when I needed it. Mm. And then I was shooting myself as well. So I'd be like, oh, I wonder if that would look cool. And then, oh, no, that looks really bad. (laughs) Or like, oh, I like that. So then you kind of have all these kind of little things, like, what looks good in this like like that worked for force so maybe if I do that and it's just kind of you have your own little formulas mm. in your head I, guess. I love that like the photos no one will ever see you know if you think about like your body of work mm. from when you first started out oh, do you ever look back on that stuff sometimes I read my old stories and I like literally want to die but you're like it's kind of awesome I to mean see the evolution. 2009 content was not my my thing <laughs> the 10 year challenge thing everyone was doing was very funny um, oh yeah I just it made me look back and I was like yep not really going to share any of this <laughs> so I won't be participating <laughs> in the challenge I yeah. was late to that one I don't know why it was like a couple of days and I went on Instagram and I was like what is this thing everyone's doing apparently it's like a facial recognition algorithm that they got us all to help them out with though oh. for like aging and we were like here's two photos of me 10 no. years apart. What? I know, it's a rumor. Like I data had a collection. Kind of, yeah. Oh my God, it's all yeah, I know. So careful, kids. <laughs> um, I shared with Emma that I really admire her personal brand, but that I use the term lightly because everything she uploads is very honest and authentic. She entered the influencer space in 2016, which was later than most. So I was curious to know what she put her success down to. Um... I mean, obviously, I've kind of been doing that kind of thing since it was more before influencers as bloggers. Um, I still think of myself as a blogger rather than influencer, or if I'm being punny, skinfluencer. I well, I want to talk about the skinfluence <laughs> shortly. Um, but for me, I, I'd started doing it, and I'd obviously been doing it for. I was doing it a bit when I lived in Australia, kind of more from like 2012 when I finished university. Um, but I think I'd kind of having worked in magazines was actually also very useful because I kind of knew the ins and out of that side of the the of the media world I guess and PR and um, stuff yeah exactly yeah. and how that worked and like what people actually wanted rather than just like hey look at me I'm gonna say something but I'm just a random person mm. which is fine but like to have a bit more of a kind of Strategy. expertise to something yeah. or something so I think when I really um it began to go really well which probably about uh a year a year and a half ago um was when I kind of I, I kind of used to do these lists like, okay, like, what am I about? <laughs> like, or like what, because I, I was getting very confused with like, what should I post? Or like, do people care about that? Or like, 
You know, mm. you get really lost and you're like, oh, people really like that, but I didn't really like doing that. Or like, so I was like, okay, I'm going to write down like four things that I do and things I don't do and be like quite actually strict with myself. So like one of the things, like I never post food, like it's just not, so I don't want to huh, go down like a wellness thing. Like I never post food. Odd glass of wine, sure. <laughs> but like, it's not, because I think with beauty, like I didn't, I'm not a wellness person. Like I drink red wine and eat pasta every day. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, like that's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, like instead of being like, okay, what can I get out of this? I was like, what can I actually give people? Mm. And that for me, I was like, really think of it that way. Like, what can I provide that people will come back for rather than what can I put out there so that I get stuff or I get paid to do jobs or that kind of thing it was more like what's actually useful without thinking of it as a job because mm. when I started my blog it wasn't a job bloggers no. weren't a thing like and I, I was worried that I was going to get lost in that where I was just focusing on paid stuff which I think isn't the most interesting part of it no um, and especially when you're starting out you can't really have that much like creative freedom with it um, so I was very specific as well with people I work with that I have that kind of I can do things you, in my way yes um, and if people don't want me to do that brand. then I don't work with you kind of thing um but yeah it was well the the giving um information thing I guess and then lent um itself to my Sunday st- school yes which I um love. Yeah, yeah which is like a series I do almost every week <laughs> I know I like Sundays when or it's like sometimes on Monday yeah you're like I was busy well, yesterday you're, also, you're like I am ahead, ahead, 12 hours yes, ahead. So you've got to give me less of doing it in the morning. Um, but then also sometimes like, I feel like I've done almost everything. I'm like, what? Because I've been doing it like a year now. Oh, mate, I feel yeah. And it's just yeah. like, people ask, oh, can you do something on that? But I'm like, oh, I've kind of done that. I want to be more like, I started doing it on like just a Sunday school on moisturizer, which is kind of everyone thinks they know what moisturizer is and different types of moisturizer. But I'd kind of, you know, do like, tips on which one to use for skin type or myth busting or I mean moisturizer is the best one because why moisturizer doesn't moisturize your skin which is very confusing what due to the name and so people you know message me like oh I've got really dry skin and I've been unpack that for me (laughs) I've got all the I'm putting all the moisturizer on but moisturizer stops moisture leaving your skin it doesn't add moisture. moisturizer is a barrier yeah so it's like the last bit of your skincare is your like seal it in seal it in so you need to use like a serum or something thin or an essence that can actually go in deeper into the layers of your skin as in it will help mm. moisturize the outer one but if you've got very dry skin you need to hydrate further down mm. so, so just was, stuff like when that. i was like planning questions for you i was like there's just no way we're not going to talk about skin <laughs> like offline isn't really about beauty <laughs> but i'm like i've got emma on <laughs> so i have a whole set of questions love it around that but you know i think that's really valuable advice for people for women listening perhaps if they're establishing themselves really in any profession is writing down what you are going to give mm. it's very value based work which is such a different way of looking at mm. i think content creation and I've been thinking about that a lot myself and I have to admit it's been hard to navigate um, the sponsored branded yeah. world Yeah, and having come from a traditional pub- publishing background, you know, native content, I mean that became a bit of a commodity anyway and it was just very normalised. Mm-hmm. But now being out on my own, selling yourself is really different. Very. To working on a title and selling yeah. a brand, obviously. 
I have also really admired your approach to disclosures and how I guess honest you've been with that side of it. But I wonder if we can talk about that, your views on it, but all, cause I, and I ask that because it seems to me that the same rules don't apply for publishers and editors on brands. Cause it's like, if you're gifted something and you've recently started calling out when something's been gifted. Well, the law changed in England, so oh. we all had to. Yeah, everyone got really mad about it. I don't I don't mind at all. And the thing is is because I come from magazine world, I'm just like your your beauty editor, the magazine gets sent stuff, but it's basically you being sent it because mm. you're the beauty editor. So you receive the products because you're, you're going to try them out, you know, brands send you they want to this is the latest launch or like that could be really good for an article about this or whatever, you know, it's for your consideration basically. But when it's just you, it is so much, but I just always thought people knew, just knew. Mm. Um, and I think most people do. Um, but like when I, uh, when the law changed, I kind of did a couple of stories, like just so you know, I'm going to let you know, I have to legally now put gifted or loaned. Um, and I've always put ad if something's um, paid for, paid for um, or the paid partnership thing. Um, but yeah, like some people replied and were like, oh, I didn't know that you didn't buy all of these, which kind of scared me because if you had wow. as many products as I do, I would have no money. No money. <laughs> I have three. It's just so much. And no one's meant, no one should have that much product. I'm not saying you need it. But for me, I want to try everything so that when people go, hey, what's good for this? I can go, well, that one wasn't my favorite, you know, so mm. I can have the knowledge about, yes. you know, what's good. It's not that I'm using them all necessarily to the end, but it get, lets me try them out the same way a beauty editor mm. would. And actually I kind of explained it to some people who'd messaged me after like, oh my gosh, I never knew. Like, how come you get sent all of it? And I was like, think of it as my blog's a magazine and I choose the things I put on it. And they were like, oh, that's a really cool way to think of it. Like, that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we can become maybe desensitized to it but also I've always said media is like a bubble and as well yeah, yeah. once you when you're in it you're like who wouldn't know that and then you're like most people like don't know that world, that yeah. like you get sent products to try mm. you know but when when you explain it it's like oh yeah that mm. makes sense they've just never thought of it because they don't need to mm. um but the thing that was upsetting um with the UK because I don't think Australia you guys don't have any laws for it because I know no, well, we have, yeah. I guess, best practices. It's coming, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it'll, there's it'll no way around. it won't. Yeah. It'll um, remain unregulated. But yes, they didn't ask. They just changed the laws for, in inverted commas, influencers rather than um, media and publishers, which mm. I think was just a bit, I don't know, not unfair, but... Well, it is a bit. ...choosy. Um, and it just seems, you know... We're not owned by big corporations who sometimes donate money to the government, all that kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> so in a way, it's a way of kind of putting us in our place. Like you're just one person, you can't do that. Um, but I see myself not as a publisher, but like I have a, a brand that mm. has all of this stuff. So in a way I am kind of like a magazine, but it's a magazine but what Emma does, yeah. sounds really <laughs> self-involved, but you know what I mean? It's, it's Emma's not, magazine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that, but I don't know if that will change. Who, who knows? But um, mm. And your yeah. audience, do you feel like they received it yeah, quite they were, well? Yeah. Those of them were like, I, this is so stupid. I can't believe you're being made to do this. Like, I don't care. Mm. I just like, I follow you. Mm. I don't, you know. And they know, they trust me enough that like, I'm not going to talk about something unless I like it. So, yeah. And it gives them the information. Um, but it just looks ugly, but I can get over that. 
It's hard, isn't it? I mean, that's I'm the so artificial person yeah. as well. I'm like, I don't want to have to write all of this. I know. Is that the um? Is that the regulation to put um, gifted and ad? Are they the two? Yeah, um, and then loaned if you're loaning clothes or something. But I don't. I don't really do that. I'm not very fashiony. I, I, oh my god, Fashion Week! Everyone would be like, loaned, Hilarious. loaned, loaned. Yeah, I know. Because none of that's real. No. Well, and in a way it is good because mm. you do think maybe people, you know, especially if you're younger, maybe you grow up and you're like, oh my gosh, all these influencers, they have all this stuff. I can't ever afford that. And it's like, mm. no one owns it. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't worry. No one spent afford. four grand on a hat. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and um, no one can afford those new Balenciagas every season. No. So I think it is good because I think social media is obviously has negative impacts too, especially if you were younger. I can't even imagine like Instagram and how that would influence you if you were a young girl. Mm. So I think it is nice to be like, I was given this. Mm. And I have no problem. If anyone had ever asked me, I would have been like, yeah, I got given that by the brand. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Do you think a lot about your sort of duty of care as a creator for young women? Like, does that, is that something that you actively think about as you're creating content in terms of like, what am I putting out there? How will it be received? Because I do want to talk yeah. a little bit about your the work you do in kind of body positivity. Mm. But is that something that I feel like for some people it's very front of mind and for some they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I mean, it does. And it's not like the first thing I would think mm. of. Um, but I think it is. I'm aware that I'm creating a world that and I'm very specific with what I do and don't share online and offline. Like I have in those lists I wrote down, it was like I do not share like me and my friends going for drinks or like that kind of thing like that for me is like that's my life that's not online like you can see all my beauty stuff you can ask me whatever you want about that all that kind of stuff that's my online persona mm. which is a part of me but it's not all of me because mm. I had to separate like I'm not I can't give all of me mm. I give a lot but it's very specific parts that I do mm. and don't have so I think have you very gone all, all in and retracted or you always were just um I think I was still trying to kind of find my feet and f yeah. see what f felt right. Um, and so when I made that list, it was more like, okay, I like doing that. And so I can continue doing that. Sometimes when I post that, I feel a bit, oh, was that right? And so I was like, if I feel like that, then don't. So then yes. it's more, rather than being like, oh, sometimes I will, it's just like, you don't post that mm. ever. So it was, it was more a kind of like freeing, like even if I was like, oh, that's cute. It's like, you don't post you and your friends really. Yeah. So it's just like completely off the thing yeah and other people do and I love it I don't think there's anything wrong with it mm. but I was like for me I need to have those separate very much so oh it's like you're really speaking to me at the moment like just the journey of this podcast you know I keep saying you know generally I just feel very emotionally exposed mm -hmm. um and I guess the connections I've made with women I don't know and them sharing their stories through hearing mine, mm -hmm. I mean, nothing will compare to that yeah. feeling of, to your point earlier, this is value-based for me. But there's days where I'm like, shit, there's a lot out there and I think a lot about my mm -hmm. husband, mm -hmm. you know, because he didn't really subscribe to Alison, the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, even when I was in a media role, yeah. um, sharing some parts of our life too. And I'm certainly not at a point where I'm looking at it and thinking, God, I wish I hadn't said any of that or done any of mm. that. But 
it some some days it is a quite a bit to carry around with me going like gosh you've got a lot of stuff out there and sometimes I'll see people that I know in person and they're kind of like hey how are you and it's like oh my god all you hear is me yeah, crying on my so fucking sorry. podcast yeah. so but I'm okay yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you know well I think that is the thing it's you know stuff that's out there as well as we know and I think maybe because I learned that because I did blogging for so long I still do but because I started so long ago I was like that can't be deleted yeah if you want to find something even if you delete it it still exists in the world wide web yes so for me it was like okay like this this is maybe something that in a couple of years I'm not I might be like this. Mm. <laughs> no <laughs> why did I do that so it was more like realizing that and having done it for so long that like not anything awful but just stuff and being more aware like this is out there forever yeah which is terrifying but also really exciting yeah yeah no you give me a bit to think about <laughs> maybe I need to go because I have I have a list as well it's funny you I really bring it up yeah. yeah and mine mine is probably more um I should do it for, for personal sharing because I've got it more for like business. Mm-hmm. Like what am I willing to do? What are my values? Yeah. What are my morals? You know, what will I say yes to and what will I say no to? But perhaps I could probably do that for like my actual personal stuff. But I've like actively stopped putting like as much of Tony on my Instagram as I used to because also like yeah, I mean, he doesn't really seem to enjoy it very much when I'm like, yeah. hi, and then I'm like filming us. You yeah. Know? Um, so, yeah, no, that maybe that, maybe that's something I need to go and do. <laughs> <laughs> All the lists. I love yeah. a list. Um, I wanted to talk about your um, perhaps fascination with the female form. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like totally compelling and inspiring and you've helped me – maybe like develop a new gaze on my own body oh wow yeah no truly literally. no really like you have um and really um loving what I see and I'm trying to follow more women that enable me to do that that show me different ideals of beauty yeah Yeah. you know versus just the one (sighs) where did that come from for you um it was it's really funny because I always get I mean not asked I mean just kind of put in that category of body positivity I had no prior idea of that and Mm. I the stuff I did wasn't for that with Um, an agenda no it really wasn't and I don't at all mind like great body positivity if that's what you see great but I'm not like I'm all about like (laughs) your face I'm just like this is my shape so Mm. that's that's it and I'm 28 now like I know that's that's how I'm gonna be yes this is what we have I figured out kind of (laughs) on either side you know this is my happy um I think that the first time I really like because obviously I mean we're all well shown all these images especially now like all these girls all these edited girls as well um sometimes not but all these people that are successful perhaps with body stuff is very one type yes um and so I was I'd all I kind of was like oh god I can't do that you know like, I'm fat compared to that you know like oh my god I can't be in a bikini like look at them but it kind of got to the point I actually remember I was in in um on holiday with one of my friends uh, like a year after I moved back to London she's very skinny and like we've gone to school together and she's just always she's just tiny um like straight up and down great and I was like, oh, God, I'm going on holiday with her. Like, I'm going to feel so big, you know, like just almost joking to my friends. And they were like, what? 
And I, I was just like, yeah, like, oh, I'm just joking, haha, but like, not really. <laughs> really, I'll be the giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got on holiday, and I remember the first day we went straight to the beach. Um, we were like having some beers and like tanning and stuff. And she, and she was like, oh, I'll take a photo of you. And she was like, oh my God, Emma, like, I'm always so jealous of your body. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> like, you're jealous of my body? Like, but you're skinny. She was like, yeah, but like, I'm just like, I don't have like waist and a hip. And it was more like, not that obviously her body's bad, but it was more like, mm. oh my gosh, someone who like in my head had just been like won the genetic lottery totally. was telling me that like they were really jealous of me. And it was just like, we're always just comparing ourselves that like no I matter know. what you have, you will want something else. And that, was, that wasn't like, I was suddenly like, oh, well, fab. But it was, mm. I remember that kind of like trigger in my head being like, oh, I would have never, and I've, I'd known her for 15 years mm. and never had we had that conversation. Because isn't that interesting that we hold those stories to ourselves as yeah. well, like even between girlfriends, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, I have tried to be, yes, more open. I remember I was in a meeting once, it was very inappropriate, um, when I was leading and one of my editors at the time I'm not going to say who it is. I won't embarrass her. But she just has like the most amazing boobs. Mm -hmm. And she was like presenting strategy or something to me. <laughs> and I just went, I'm sorry. And she was like, what? And I was like, you have the best boobs. Yeah. And everyone else in the team looked at me and I was like, too far, Alison. But you know what it's like? You just feel so compelled to yeah, say I like. I must tell you right what now. What is it like waking up with this <laughs> every day and looking at that? But it's interesting that we think these things. Mm. But very rarely do we go up to a woman and say, you know what? And beautiful she, she probably had the best boobs, but worried about, you know, her ankles, you know, or something yes. just like, who cares? It's an ankle. I know. Like, and we're all different. And that's what makes us so wonderful. Mm. Like, if we all look the same, like, how boring. We are wonderful. Aren't yeah. We? And like, all of that yeah. is just, and like, the thing is, that, you know, even with guys and stuff, like, no one has ever, it wasn't like it was. Oh, well, I've been told before that like that's wrong, but we think that people see it as wrong. Yeah. But we've completely made that up. Mm. No one has ever told us that. It's like because we don't fit that perfect Instagram photo or whatever. Um, and that's kind of more when I started shooting my self portraits. Yes. Um, which I am just completely obsessed but I, with. But I shot them for a year before, before you showed anyone. Yeah. Wow. Because I was just, I'd got back and I was going on like a couple work trips and all this. And I was just always alone in like these amazing places. And I'd, I'd shot myself for years, like, um, I mean, self-portraits. I have Wi-Fi on my camera, which I can connect to my phone. So I just like, just for like blog stuff. So it wasn't necessarily my body. It was just like, okay, like a photo of me at the street, on the street or like putting this on my face or whatever. I just used that method of doing it because... I was often having to shoot my own stuff and no one was around and I was in these beautiful places. So I was like, I'm not going to let this get away. <laughs> you know? totally. um, and then I started doing it more like bit by bit more nude mm. <laughs> and getting more comfortable with it um, and kind of finding my angles and stuff, which is definitely like a, a huge thing as I well. Think, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. And then I, I um, published like this series of um, self-portraits on my blog um, and it was amazing and I just had such a good reaction and it was so scary. What was scary it like sending those live? Really, I was, before I did it, I was like, wait, are you being absolutely crazy? Like that thing, 
everyone can always find me. So I was like, yes. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Maybe like deleted a few and was like, we'll start with these. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was just, I, I was like, I love these images. I really like them. So I want to put them like out Like if there. it was someone else, yeah, I would I'd love be like, to receive oh, them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And like, I'd, I'd written like, you know, some words being like, this is me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of explaining that I'd shot these and I like them and it was, they're not retouched or anything like that. And this is this something is I'm going to be doing. Um, well, I didn't really think, I didn't know that it was. It was more just like, I just want to share these. It was more like a, I'd done a series almost. Um, and then it had such a good reaction. It was so amazing. And I really was like, oh, wow, this is like, I'm really taken aback by this. Um, so then, of course, I just, I kept doing them um, when, when I can do them. Mm. Um, but for me, it's like, again, it's like, I can't, I can't do things like on demand. Yes. So you have to feel it. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like a moment. It's the light. It's where I am. I'm into it. I have to be alone. I can't do it if anyone else is around. Not because I'm standing there naked. I mean, obviously that is it's a factor. <laughs> um, but it's more like I just, I can't, I'm not in my head enough. Mm. I'm too distracted by other people or other things. Mm. Um, and yeah, it is. I think definitely in my photography, I always want to get across a feeling rather than just like, what a cool photo. It's just like, I want to give you like, an emotion almost rather than just for you to like double oh, yeah. tap my photo. <laughs> I have to say, I remember like that was kind of like our 101 of publishing was make mm. people feel something, yeah. you know? Because we're so desensitized yes. to so many things, especially to images. Like, oh my God. And that's what's been so compelling about your work. Yeah. Like, honestly. And I, when I started to follow you, and then I, there was so much then, you know, when you start to follow someone, you're like, oh my God, there's like years ending <laughs> for me to go and look at. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just found it really inspiring. And, and I mean it when I say it's you and it's other women, but it's helped me see myself differently. And I mm. think like that is very um, honourable actually. Yeah. yeah. So you putting yourself out there in that way, you know, because it's yeah. like the same as me doing this on this podcast. It's like, it's a part of yourself. Right. <laughs> you know, that we can't yeah. take back. <laughs> um, I have heard you say before that you don't see it as brave. How do you respond to people who write to you and say, oh, you're yeah. so brave for doing that? Yeah, I actually wrote something about that last summer because I was having, well, because I was posting more of my self-portraits um, and then also just like me on stories and stuff like that. And I was getting all these really wonderful messages like, thank you so, you know, like that, mm. what you just said, when I, which makes me feel so great. Then I was also getting, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, you're so brave. And I just thought, and again, it's not an insult, mm. but to me it was like, but why? You've liked the image. You don't see it as, you know, you like it. So you think it's beautiful mm. and yet it's still brave. Like, mm. so there was just kind of a disconnect with like how we, see things online and what we actually feel and what we look like so mm. it's it's I don't know that's just what I look like like it's yeah. not I'm not trying to make a point like I said I wasn't going into it like I don't care look at my <laughs> roles you know like, here I am all of me it was just like this is just my body like yeah, just like body. you have yours mm. like and like we all go to the beach and wear our bikinis or swimsuits or whatever it's like why is that you know mm. so totally. I think it was it was more uh, the idea that that was something I shouldn't be doing and it was brave of me to do it. Yes. Whereas it's like, I can do it. Do you get many creeps? <sighs> you know, not that many, mm. considering. Like, there's some that I just, 
immediately decline block. DMs and block. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of, but not like that many. Because I think it might have quite a like female yes. gaze type mm. thing. It's not a, not too thotty. Thotty, yeah. <laughs> that's very British. Um, okay, so I want to talk about being a skin I couldn't have Emma, the skinfluencer, on offline and not talk about skin. She mentioned earlier she hosts a Sunday school on Instagram each week where she explains different things like acids, pigmentation and enzymes. It's really good. I quizzed her about her routine and I also asked her for her favourite all-rounder products. I've linked them in this episode's notes. Welcome. Um, one of the questions I have about skin is what do you wish women knew about skin and skincare? Is retinol one of them? Retinol is a good one. Yeah. Um, I wish people knew um, how bad wipes are for the environment. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Uh, I have really, really hate wipes. Even if they say they're biodegradable, they will biodegrade in 80 years. Wait, one wipe is yeah. 80 years? Oh, most never biodegrade. But they're like, biodegrade, people are like, biodegradable wipes. It's like, yeah, does it say how long are they going to biodegrade in your bathroom? No, you put them in the bin and you send them off and you don't have to. The amount of heat they would have caused by then is wow. so damaging and they, they completely don't biodegrade. Also, they don't clean your skin. My facialist told me to think of it because we were just bitching about wipes. She was like, yeah, I tell people it's like doing your dishes with the tea towel. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, good. you need water and soap. Like you can't, like, you know, you can, yeah. do you want to eat off it tomorrow? Not really. No, you want to <laughs> like, clean you it. You want to rinse it. Yeah. So that's a really good visual thing to do. And especially, obviously you guys, it's not as bad as London, but the pollution, like, need to clean pollution off. Um, so yeah, then and then I double cleansing is one of my like big things for for good skin. Like taking your makeup off with an oil, double cleanse at balm. night only. Yeah. So when you've got something on your face, um, yeah. And then uh, so that will actually remove the dirt, and then you want to actually clean your skin the second time around. Mm. Um, so do you use a cleansing oil and mm-hmm. then your cleanser, or do you double yeah. cleanse with your cleanser? Uh, with the oil so I I start with either an oil or a balm which I just like rub into the skin which picks up all the makeup then I use a um, like muslin cloth or flannel which has got water on which then the oil with all the dirt will stick on that to remove my so that's my makeup gone that I want to actually clean my skin make sure I've got all the pollution out all the sunscreen can be really poor blocking as well so that's really really important Um, and then I'll go in with either like a milk or a jelly or a foam cleanser is my second cleanse which mm. is the same one that I'll just use in the morning mm. just to get that um because there's that swell. thing where some people don't actually cleanse in the morning you know they say it's like all the natural oils in your skin it's like I'm like a wet slick when I wake also, up it's like sweat like, yeah that you've been sleeping I'm not on. saying you like scrub it but like yeah. just I yeah and some people do use like micellar waters and stuff mm. and I guess that's fine you know you do I'm not going to tell you if that works for you like mm. fine what's your view on them Missile waters. Mm. I, I mean, I grew up in Paris, so Bioderma yeah. Sensibio was in everyone's bathroom <laughs> before it was everywhere else. Um, so I love that one, and it did become a bit of a, a trend. But they're great, and they do work really well for like um, makeup um, removal. But mm. but you know the TV ads where it's like just use the no or like to take like, or like no. to take your eye makeup off if you've got a lot on and you want to just make sure your mascara is off properly or something. Mm. But I just love washing my face. I really, I, I love, I really do like them, but I just never end up using them. Mm. I just have like a big bottle of Bioderma that gets used like twice a year. Yes. And I actually put some eye makeup on. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the one product that changed your skin? Oh, like type of product or like actual product? 
Um, probably type of product and um, then within that, which one? <laughs> God, it's so hard. It is hard. That's a big question because um, mine would probably be retinol, I guess, in terms of like yeah, the, reducing the, the size of my pores. And the effect. I think retinol is amazing. Um, I'd probably say acids mm. and enzymes, so kind of a chemical exfoliants yes um rather than using physical exfoliants because i have really sensitive skin and i just never got on with them but always wanted to have smooth skin so it was kind of a either or <laughs> and i yeah. just had to deal with being a bit red for a bit um so acids and enzymes which just kind of like eat all the kind of cement that keeps all your dead skin I cells together i kind of love that feeling you know when you've got it on yeah. you're like yeah exactly eat my dead skin and that, away and that really gives you that like glow mm. um and within that, probably the product that's... I, I use acid, um, either AHAs or BHA, so like glycolic, lactic, salicylic, almost every day, not if I'm in the sun, because mm. I just, I'm just i very photosensitive, so it's just... You can just be a bit more dead skinny for a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I really love the um, Tata Harpa resurfacing mask, which is enzymes, which is really great for sensitive skin. And they told me when I first used it, they were like, if you use this twice a week, you won't have to wear foundation. And I was like give it here and that's true yeah mm. I mean I do I do wear like base kind of but more like CC I used to wear like proper foundations now I just well wear, you like, love my very favorite hit cosmetics, cosmetics. Yes. I've got so many friends on site people are like oh my god and you're like yeah but so you apply it with your hands, mm -hmm. which I did this morning actually because I was interviewing you I was like I'm gonna do what she does and see <laughs> um I find I get a better result with their um you know, they have that really dense foundation brush. No. It's like a very short bristle, very dense brush and I buff it in. Kind of like the Bare Minerals one mm. that they use for the powder thing. I don't know if I've seen Maybe. that. Maybe it's like a kind of shorter than Kabuki. Yeah, and so yeah. it feels, it's quite, mm. yes, dense. So I get a much better result and it stays on right, longer. Okay. But I've watched yeah. you warm it up and put it on. It looks phenomenal on you when you I love that. do that. It's, it's so just good. The best. It just looks like skin. It does. It's not the illuminating one though. I mean, mm. it's a bit glittery. I think but so. But it, it's never glittery on my face. Mm. But then I like look at my hands and I'm like, why have I got those glitter on me? I know. <laughs> like, oh. The original is the best. It's like why, you know. I will link broken. those in the episode notes, which is the first time I've ever done that. I'm going to put products in. It's worth it, guys. Yeah, because I feel like people <laughs> are going to want to know. Um, a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. I've got a final question that I ask each of my guests. So that's coming. But can I have a, some rapid fire favorite products? Yeah. Mascara. Uh, Smashbox Superfan. Superfan. Never heard of it. Good. Really great. Eyebrows. Tom Ford Brow Sculptor in Taupe. Mm. Have you used the Kevin Aquan Precision Brow Pencil? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Is it? Okay. But Tom Ford. <laughs> but Tom Ford. <laughs> We've got your foundation and then fragrance. Um... Oh, that's a hard one. I have loads of fragrances. Um, Byredo Velvet Haze. Oh, my God. Nice. That's mm. so beautiful. And for hair, mm -hmm. what sort of hair do you have and then what product do you use? I have naturally wavy hair, which is great because I'm lazy in French and just leave it dry. Um, and I love, well, there you go, fellow Parisian, um, Christophe Rabin. Mm. Um, I use his rose mist all the time. So when I get out of the shower, I just, after I've taken my hair up towel, I just spray that all over it and just let it do its thing. Mm. I love um, his volumizing paste, the shampoo. And the salt scrub. So good. Guys, scalp stuff is like my new obsession. Is it? There's so many scalp products now. I love it. You can put acids on your scalp. 
And does that make your hair grow faster? It just gets, probably, because it gets rid of all the dead skin cells if you've had, like, um, product buildup or you just, you know, like when your hair gets a bit itchy and you're just like, I want to just scrub. get in there. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, the salt scrub is amazing. I don't feel like, I mean, I'm not obviously working in beauty, so I don't know, but I don't think the scalp things hit this market yet. You've heard it here There's first. so many. There's, like, AHA things. There's, like, foams you put in. Oh, my God. oils you put in before shampooing and like okay this is new oh, there's I like think. serums i love the serums scalp serums well you know we've got um we've got a brand here called bondi boost which has been doing mm. quite well which it's a um they have a scalp serum i think yeah it's just a, i think it's funny yeah. that we don't think of it as like skin no i know like but it's, that's actually on, really interesting <laughs> it's just hidden underneath i think even Kerastars have one now it's like mm. a yeah mm, good but intel yeah um, so the final question that I ask each of my guests, um, I always like to start by saying it's pretty expansive. Okay. Um, but offline exists as an exploration of self with the women we love to follow on Instagram mm-hmm. and I love to follow you. you. Um, but who are we without the labels that we put on ourselves, like skin fluence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and all of those things like daughter, sister, friend, Mm-hmm. Um, and so this concept of true self. And so I wonder when you're sitting in true self, if you take all of those labels away and the following and mm-hmm. who are you and sort of how do you identify with self? Um, well, I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. I'm a friend. I love being with people. Um, and I genuinely love taking photos. I would do that whether it was my job or not. Mm. Um, I love reading that's a huge thing for me Mm. I get really kind of I think because I work so much looking at a screen as well that it's nice to have a story that's not my life or a stress that's just my book and I can just curl up and that kind of thing Um, yeah and pasta and red wine pasta, red wine (laughs) pan au chocolat (laughs) It's a good life. On a Parisian balcony somewhere, you know, that kind of vibe. Just casual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, um, thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad you're here. On your last day in Australia, and I think it's about 40 degrees. It feels like it. In this room right now. (laughs) So I know, like, there's going to be like a wet patch when I get up off the seat. Yeah, me too. So let's be comfortable with that. Um, But yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's open the window. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. <laughs>